Welcome to Evolve, reinventing leadership, building freedom cultures, with CEO and award-winning author, Yvette Bethel. This podcast is dedicated to providing leaders with solutions to build trust, inspire authentic transformation, and improve engagement. Learn about new and tested ways you can revitalize your culture, empower people, and transform your results. This is Yvette Bethel, and I am excited to welcome you to Evolve, Reinventing Leadership, Building Freedom Cultures. Evolve challenges traditional leadership paradigms and explores modern leadership models, providing ideas you can use to transform your culture. We focus on leadership through the lens of interconnectivity, flow, and balance, exploring ideas that translate into practical applications for contemporary organizational challenges. Our topic for this episode of Evolve is values and careers. And to explore this topic with us is career consultant, life coach, and business advisor, Louise Gokul. Louise has more than 20 years of experience providing business and professional development consulting. She specializes in leading individuals and facilitating groups, enlivening their gifts so that they can make new contributions to the world. Louise offers deep listening, extensive knowledge, and a keen understanding of leadership and change. And as a leader, teacher, and facilitator, she delights in watching people become more courageous, clear, and comfortable being their best selves. Louise loves her work and wants everyone to love theirs. Hello, Louise, and welcome to Evolve. Good morning. Good afternoon, Yvette. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> it's great to have you because uh, you're talk talking about one of my favorite topics. Mm. Uh, Louise, you have quite an interesting background with career coaching, and I'm curious about how you got started. Share with us you know, a little bit more about yourself. Well, I'm... I'm um come a long way in terms of understanding the world of work. So I've always, I was good in school um, and wanted to be a, um, a helper or some sort of social worker or something and explored that and decided I didn't want to do the institution way. I wanted to do individual work. So I got into counseling, a master's in counseling and started to work with people with disabilities and helping them with career issues. And um, that was fascinating. And I learned sign language, American sign language in the process, um, and just got to know new community and um, found that very satisfying and that I could be really helpful. So um, then I got into nonprofit work and went up the ladder, um, ended as a vice president, finally decided to have a baby. Um, yay. Um, but <laughs> Um, my child required that I be home at least half time. So I was um, then turned into a, a management consultant, an HR consultant, a trainer, um, executive coach, uh, recruiter, uh, and then got into having my own business as career coaching, just taking it all together. Because now I had a 360 degree look at work and from an employer standpoint, an executive standpoint, uh, an entry-level worker as, my, as I have been, um, a uh, high schooler working as I have been, a, you know, older person with issues, a, a parent, 
um, and understanding what the recruiter's looking for, the HR person's looking for, what the hiring manager's looking for, and what the employee's looking for. And so it's just been growing with that all along. And it's um, very stimulating, fascinating. I'm always learning. It's never um, dull. And it's very personal for people. I appreciate the ability yeah. to help them so personally. Yeah, oh, powerful. You know, I've, a lot of people think about careers in terms of jobs and, and progression through different roles. And I'd like for you to share with our audience, you know, the scope of career work, like how big is it and what else uh, would you consider a career to be other than a job? Well, you know, thank you for asking that question because it's, that's a very sort of foundational perspective because so many people come to me and say, I haven't done anything for the last 20 years. <laughs> well, wait a minute, you've been alive and, and you know, in, situ in relationships, in the community, you've been at home, what have you been doing? And so to capture what someone has been living, how they've been expressing themselves in the world, how they've been relating to other people, relating to institutions, causes, family, needs, um, their neighbors, whatever they've been doing, that's all part of their expressing themselves and bringing their gifts to the world. So that's what I see career as. How are you bringing your gifts to the world? And jobs are one thing, but unpaid jobs, volunteering, interning, uh, mm -hmm. Um, taking on projects, ad hoc, charitable work, um, you know, helping your neighbor's kid, you know, develop their lemonade stand, whatever it is. Um, those, all those activities are part of you shaping your gifts to bring out to the world, to contribute. And so, yeah, it's, it, people are often stuck with the career concept. And the other thing that they're stuck with that, um, you didn't mention, but they are stuck with thinking they have to do it all on their own. Because traditionally, or at least more recently, it's not until recently, there haven't been career coaches, career advisors, career counselors, except through institutions and colleges or schools. And the schools were always oriented to the academic. And then the career stuff might be, you know, sort of an afterthought at the end. You know, just make sure you have your resume ready. <laughs> And, and that is so far from the way I approach um, expressing oneself and bringing your gifts forward. And there, you don't have to do all this alone. And asking for help is the most courageous step, but it's also the most fundam fundamental to get everything you can to make the best investment in your precious life. You know, Louise, uh, a lot of times people don't realize that uh career support and coaching is something that can happen throughout their careers. They, and, and life cycle, they tend to think it's something that happens at the beginning. Can you share like uh, at the different stages in someone's uh, life cycle, what kind of coaching uh, would be most useful for them uh, when it comes to career? Yeah, the, the only people who get career coaching without calling it that, are the people in uh, seventh and eighth grade, junior high, you know, 12 year olds who decide to become doctors. <laughs> they, get, they get a clear path and people are supporting them and they have a, an objective that everyone can identify with 
and the poor kids are burdened, but they're also supported. So everyone else is kind of on their own. Um, and in high school, there I, I really promote more vocational trade training. Uh, in the United States, we've kind of dropped that. So um, if someone is then in college and they're thinking about college, it's really good to go back a few years and if we can catch them earlier and start in high school and start, some countries do this better than the United States, but uh, to do it where really are looking at the talents the person has, which means their abilities that come very easily that they may not even explored or developed yet. And to having ways to flush that out earlier and earlier mm -hmm. and not to be micro cost not to look only through a microscope at that, but to look at that as a foundational gem, a, a jewel to kind of celebrate and work around or at least include and not be unaware of. So um, I work with um, high schoolers who are looking about considering colleges and after high school training and how they can get themselves ready or focused on what it is that they wanna consider as options. And then what questions to bring to those options, to those schools, those programs themselves. And then in college, I work with students to help them do internships, to find the internships that might be further hands-on learning to augment what they've been learning in school. And then to even evaluate if they're, you know, as they're evolving in themselves, are they in the right major? So it's a little bit of academic advising and also career planning at the, you know, at the root. A lot, a lot of my um, listeners are probably somewhere in the middle of their careers. So for people that are changing careers or shifting from being in a job to becoming an entrepreneur or coming to the end of their careers and they're considering retirement, like what would you, um, do you, do you support those kinds of people that are changing careers? Yes, those are my favorite. Uh -huh. <laughs> Tell us more. Because I like, um, particularly women, but also men, half my people that I work with are men. Um, they have a foundation. They have a, a, a world experience. They have an understanding of themselves that still is able to be expanded upon, but there's a foundation that's really rooted in tangible experience that was positive or negative. Both are valuable. And they have more and more of an understanding of themselves and awakening as to what they can bring and what they want to bring. And what's and they're more alive and relating to the universe, the world, um, their, new, their neighbors, their community, the causes and issues that um, are calling for people to step up. So yeah, I, I love working with uh, someone in transition who's 40, 50, 60, and 70, who's looking for the next adventure. We don't have to know all the adventures hereafter, just the next one that they can sort of direct themselves to get ready for, or just jump into. Now that's especially um, useful, uh, becoming agile with your career. That's the way I think of it. Uh, yes. As right now, there's so much uncertainty and ambiguity that uh, people don't know all the time anymore if, if their jobs are secure or if their business will make it or whatever the case may be. 
Um, how do you support people uh, through the, the current state of the world? <laughs> yeah, well, um, I do what I've been doing all along because it really works. And, you know, you pointed out that people aren't sure of their job being stable or their, you know, income being secure. It's these days, because of the last few, few years of what we've been through, more and more people are waking up to, wait a minute, what about me? What, you know, how am I showing up in this picture? And am I getting my, my needs met? Am I getting fulfillment? And it, the, the career, again, is your whole life. So how are you presenting? How are you engaged in? And how are you learning? Because everyone goes to work to learn. And um, are you learning what you want to be learning? Are you contributing in the way you want to contribute? So um, these days, it's, I help people basically by first reflecting back. And when they really look at themselves through a different lens, as opposed to almost a, a mess that they can't understand, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to them. If we make sense out of it and really highlight the, where their peak um, experiences were, where, they're, where they felt their absolute best. And then we look at what are they doing now and dissect it, analyze it a little bit. And I bring my perspective of what's HR thinking? What's the executive thinking? What's, you know, what's your colleague thinking? Not only what are you thinking? And then prompting you to think a little bit more about hmm, what am I thinking? And then looking at, okay, doing a values assessment, doing a skills inventory, doing um, lots of analysis as to you at your best, and then preferences and what's your life situation? You know, if you have three kids at home, whoa, that's a very different story than if you don't. And so how do we put all those things together to create a shopping list? A shopping list of what you're bringing to the table and then what you wanna have exchanged. Because the world of work is a marketplace. It's basically first and foremost commerce. So there's an exchange. And when both parties consider the exchange fair, it really works. Mm -hmm. one party doesn't consider it fair it's not headed in the right direction so how do we get you to know what's fair for you and so we do a shopping list and it's what you bring to the table and it's also what you're actually shopping them for are they bringing the same things to the table are they going to acknowledge and if it's not the same things it's because they don't have it and they really value it in you so it's it's um, a very interesting getting ready and then the targeting of you know, how do you find the job now that you know pretty much what you want? Maybe not the job title, but you, there's so many parts to it. And then we find the job title in your local labor market or I, these days, wherever. <laughs> you know, you bring up a very, very important point that most people don't consider uh, because they're so focused on um, being selected that they underplay the fact that it is an exchange. And uh, the company or the organization or the partnership may decide, well, we want this person. Uh, but I'm not so sure, and I do a lot of executive recruitment work, and I'm not always so sure that they check to see if they are compatible with the culture or if the, or if the culture and the values that exist within the culture are aligned with theirs. Um, it's, it's, it's more about getting the job than, than fit. 
And I'd love for you to speak to that. Uh, it's, for me, values and alignment of values uh, is essential. A lot of yeah. people are kicked out early from the business because the values are different. Exactly. Yeah, and people think it's maybe too scary to look at that because they won't find what they want. But if they're, if they're really careful in looking at who they are, they're just perfect the way they are. You know, everybody needs tweaks, but they have, the essence of who they are and what they bring is really valuable. That's where values come from. It's a value to someone else as well as to you. And so if you can define more clearly who you are and what you bring, and then expect that you want it reciprocated and or appreciated, mm -hmm. that is, that's where you find the fit. And there's a lot of ways to evaluate fit by um, not only looking at yourself, but when you're looking, when you're interviewing with companies, key questions to ask. One of the ones that I absolutely love is when things are ready, you know, when you progress to a certain point, it's not an aggressive, you know, out of the box question, but as you're getting to have a relationship with people and thinking you might really want to work here and they might really want you to ask, you know, well, how does this, who are the most recent people who got promoted? You don't have to ask for their names or anything, but you just ask them, why were they chosen for the next role? And that why will tell you what the company values. Good question. Yeah. That's a great question. Any other jewels like that? <laughs> oh, sure. Well, you also, you know, you start being a little more disclosing and a little bit vulnerable, not too much, but just where you're comfortable. Because again, the interview is all about you being comfortable and confident mm -hmm. and then making sure that they're comfortable and confident as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a very much a dialogue. And so in the conversation, you know, you might ask about um, uh, my kid has soccer and um, for a season of, you know, six, six weeks or whatever, I'd really like to be able to leave Friday at one or Friday at three or I'd like to be um, able to work, you know, on Saturdays because of this. And I'd like to trade what if, this is just a minor thing, but it's a, an example of these are the, some of the things that I'm looking for. And is this, will this fit with your company, with your culture, with your team, with the way you evaluate people? Now you've uh, been working with uh people and their career decisions for a very long time. And one question I have for you is, what has changed since you uh, started working with people? What are people focusing on now that's different than in the past? And why do you think so? Well, so many things have changed. Um, that's why I'm still loving my work because I'm keep growing as well. So as everyone else is waking up to the value of themselves, it, they're not just a cog in a wheel. Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just too much of your life and there's too many needs out there and too many talents and so people are waking up more even look at resumes resumes used to be almost the identical piece of paper of the job application so what was on the resume could almost be flipped into filling out the job application and that was based on the behavioral perspective of employers that if you've done the job before you can do it again and so they were looking for exactly what they needed, or at least what they thought they needed, and making it line up. And so employees 
applicants were doing the same thing, making sure it lined up with what the employer wanted. Well, these days, employers are so desperate for new ideas, innovation, creativity, leadership, um, trust, respect, uh, you know, uh, out of the box thinking, that they wanna know more about the individual. So the resume has now become a marketing piece. Mm-hmm. And you don't ignore the basics of the last 10 years and only 10 years. You know, you do have the specifics because otherwise the reader's so enamored with the previous that they'll say, well, this person's too off. But you kind of keep that same line of thinking, but you really make it a marketing piece where you talk about what you bring to the table and what you want and what you're interested in, what skills you've developed on your own apart from, um, say, your career even, your job, I'm sorry, your employment. So that employers are saying, wow, he or she has an idea we never thought about. Oh, they're really interested in that. Maybe they can help us because we don't, we're not so sure what we're doing. Hmm. They don't say that out loud, but that's what they're thinking. <laughs> Those who are willing to admit it. <laughs> yeah. Some people think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if they know what they're doing, they know they need they need different things right now. That innovation, yeah. creativity, you know, um, tweaking, uh, versatility, flexibility is so, so important. The trouble is sometimes they need it, but they don't have an environment that will keep them (laughs) engaged. Uh, Because if you have a command and control environment, and then you're saying, well, we need more uh, innovators, and then they bring them in, and they're really creative, but then the system and the structures are so suffocating, it's difficult. So Organizations need to go beyond just talk and really make some changes to the culture so they can keep the talent uh, as well. Absolutely, but and don't don't dismiss the individual who does get hired as an innovator, even at the lowest level. They can actually cause a ripple effect. That's all leadership is. Mm-hmm. Leadership is having an idea where people trust you and they start to listen, and then they follow. And so a, it doesn't mean that the person has to, you know, stay in an environment that is suffocating, but they should give it, you know, I'm should, there's no shoulds, but I encourage them to, you know, um, sort of stretch the boundaries a little bit and offer some things at whatever level they can, delegating up or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, start questioning and then find their tribe, if there's others in the organization that are like them at any mm-hmm. level. So, so your advice is to try first and then, then make yeah. a decision. Yeah. But, you know, the, and you don't, have, yeah, you don't have to spend six months trying. You know, you can try for, you know, 60 minutes. <laughs> but, but you don't want to give up because that will... Um, that's a defeatist attitude and we're not going to have the changes we need unless we have lots of people pushing and offering and questioning. Well, I think there's a difference between giving up and yielding. Uh, sometimes people make the wrong decision and they uh, step into a role and it, well, sometimes the company will bait and switch. Yes. You know, absolutely. That. And uh, giving up is, is, in, in cases like that, uh, it's not really giving up. It's saying, you know what? I didn't sign up for this. And yeah. being 
are confident in yourself and saying, you know, this isn't for me. I'm, I'm, in fact, I had someone one time, he got lured into a position and it was a intimate situation. And when he realized what it really was, he said, I want to go back down. You can wait yeah. a promotion. I want to go back to where it was because this isn't uh, the right role for me. And I think that's reasonable. I think that takes a lot oh. of courage as well. Oh, I do too. Did I just mean that the effort of expressing oneself is, you know, it doesn't work. It's not successful. But that doesn't mean you have to leave or stay. It just means you have to reevaluate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm always, these days, really the lead question is for everyone at work, at employment, is should I go or should I stay? And that's what I help people do primarily at the beginning. Even when they come, we always look at, well, wait a minute, is there an opportunity right where I am right now? Is there something that I could sort of still get some juice out of for me that mm -hmm. would work? Or is it really time to, you know, find something else? So the low-hanging fruit is always the best, generally, to look at and not forget. And yes, um, staying and leaving are really both options that you have to examine carefully. And there's no shame in staying only a short time. You know, yeah. there used to be. People used to hang in for years thinking, well, I'm <laughs> not credible if I don't have two years. Right. You know, right. but that's not the way it is now, particularly with covid yeah, you know, I, I come across a lot of uh, people that are more senior uh, and in, in their cases, uh, they, um, they may have achieved a lot in their careers and they are, the volume of work is high, but the complexity is not enough anymore. Um, with people mm -hmm. that, who you know maybe bored with the same thing over and over, or just not being challenged? What do you suggest? What what are some of the things they can do? Yeah, I just was working with a gentleman in the finance world. Um, that was the case. He he took a job that he thought was one way, and then after six months into it, he realized it was not the way. But tremendous volume couldn't couldn't actually breathe enough to even think, how do I get out of this? Mm -hmm. um, and then finally he started to think, I really do need to leave. And so he um, left before that became a performance improvement plan situation. And he started looking for something that he had known was really more a fit. Um, and, and he did, it, it ended up taking him a little bit of extra time, but boy, did he use that time to write new music, uh, join a board of directors, um, volunteer more at his church, um, just breathe. And he had never breathed since he was 16. And he was in his uh, late 60s. He had mm -hmm. always been working, came from a family that didn't have anything and he needed to be the bread, breadwinner. So anyways, um, yeah, it's, it's really stepping back and really taking your own self as the most important thing in your life for your work life, your career life, and looking at what do, you, what do you want to learn? Because learning is pivotal. If you're not learning, most people get burnt out. So it's, it's really, um, no one else is going to do it for you. No one's going to come along and say, geez, I have this great job. I've been thinking about you. It's really up to the individual to make a decision that they want more. 
and then to really do the values clarification the you know, I, I think that's it i think the values clarification because at that stage in their careers uh the values may have been around uh getting a house um putting yeah. Yeah. school and they needed money but now yeah. the kids are out of school and and they have their home uh, the money isn't the most important thing. It may still be important, but maybe meaning might be more important at that stage. And so uh, the values start to shift in order of uh, importance. The staff shifts. And so um, that can also contribute to that feeling of, you know, this is not working for me anymore. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So your values evolve. Your values, we all think they're all stagnant, but no, they're not. They keep evolving. It's sort of like the DNA double helix. That's how mm -hmm. I imagine our lives. We're, we're on a ladder and it's the DNA double helix and we're going up. And every time we go up a rung, we're actually twisted and we have a new perspective. Mm -hmm. We're also higher, whatever higher means, <laughs> higher. <laughs> so I just imagine this higher. And we're also got a new, a new viewpoint of ourselves and the world. And so, yes, the values are keep evolving. And that's what, if the values aren't aligned, then the trade isn't fair. Mm -hmm. So when the person's looking for meaning and the employer never really offered much meaning, they don't intend to offer it, they're not offering now, they don't intend to offer it, then it's not, it's not a good, a fair trade mm -hmm. for the employee. And they don't realize that it's that simple. Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but it is a trade. I have one more question. Okay. <laughs> I'm enjoying this, but you <laughs> the, the last question is, um, what advice would you give someone who's uh, considering their career, wherever they are in their life cycle? Mm -hmm. What's the best advice you can provide them as they think about what's next? I think the best place to start is to remember times in your life when you have been at your very best. And they can be at any age, any circumstance, by yourself, with others. People noticed, people didn't notice, but you knew you were at your very And capture those moments. Think about those moments and really get into the feeling of that hold on to that feeling and then try and dissect for that experience. What was the recipe that came together to create you being at your very best mm -hmm. and then really honor that. Relate on it. And then thinking about where you are now, how can we find that same feeling in the world that you're in now with the person you are now? That's basically what I do. I just help people do that whole exploration and then turn it into pragmatic decisions. It's, it's absolutely fun. <laughs> what a wonderful note to end on. With that, I'd like to thank you, Louise, for such an engaging interview. Your insights will certainly help our audience to think about their careers and, and really the alignment <laughs> that may not be happening. Please tell our audience where they can find you on the internet. 
Yes, you can find me um, by searching Louise Gokul, L-O-U-I-S-E. Gokul is G-O-E-C-K-E-L. The name of my business is Let's Go Forward. It's Excellent. coaching. Let's Go Forward, and I'm on LinkedIn, and um, let's go forward.biz, B-I-Z is the ending for the uh, URL. Yes, what a wonderful way to end. Let's go forward. <laughs> this has been Yvette Bethel and Louise Gokul, and we thank you for taking the time to join us on Evolve, Reinventing Leadership, Building Freedom Cultures. Thanks for listening to Evolve, Reinventing Leadership, Building Freedom Cultures. Join our vibrant network of leaders who are challenging the leadership paradigm in an innovative learning and impact network. Check out our webpage at ifbnetwork.co to learn more about and join our exciting ecosystem of high-performing leaders.